BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. consent that's right not the first time no congratulations you have arrived at episode 458 of the spurs cast the original san antonio spurs radio show and podcast brought to you of course by projectspurs.com i am your host ryan mccown uh what do you want to talk about um basketball basketball oh, i thought you meant in, that i meant like virginia. why did you want to mention that <laughs> basketball in virginia yeah um so today we're going to talk about the schedule, man. Schedule just came out. Uh, San Antonio and, of course, Paul Garcia and the, the Project Spurs folks have been all over that and, and uh, tweeted out. So if you're following these guys on Twitter, um, which you should be, if you're not, you're not a real fan of the show. Uh, we'll talk through the schedule a bit. Uh, we'll talk about early predictions as far as uh, record goes and then playoff predictions and then kind of get into whatever else. But I, I want to start by talking about something that's so near and dear to both of our hearts, Ric Flair. I know you've been looking into that. What's going on with Ric Flair? I, I just saw on Twitter, in the hospital, had surgery, but it didn't say what for. I'm, I'm assuming that you know more details. Not, well, not really. I mean, I was watching Raw on Hulu because I just can't go through that anymore. I mean, it's so painful just to watch, you know. It's not like the good old days, and I hate to sound like really old by right. saying that, but it's not entertaining like it used to be. Uh, but I was watching Raw on Hulu, which was surprisingly a good Raw, uh, and they just said that he, you know, he had surgery, but he's not out of the woods yet. I don't think anybody really knows what he's going through, uh, which is kind of, you know, odd because, you know, nowadays everybody finds out everything. Uh, but uh, of course, I hope he's okay. I mean, that that's part of our childhood, right? 
That's right. I still remember him on on Nitro, you know, taking off his clothes and throwing his shoes up at the crowd and just uh, knee dropping the mat while Mean Gene is looking at him like he's a crazed maniac. I mean, it was what how, sty- it was a styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling dealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. Son of- it was something like that. That is amazing. That's amazing that I can remember that. Man, hats well, off to yeah. me. Go me. Well, I kind of remember it because I still watch it. So. Yeah, well. On, on network, the network. We should watch it sometime. I mean, just like talk on the phone and watch old stuff. I'm in. I'm all the way in. I know some other people that would be interested in that. This, by the way, is a basketball podcast. So oh, I didn't get know. To basketball. Let's talk uh, San Antonio Spurs, big games this year. Now, this season is a little bit different than most. And, you know, and essentially the Spurs are rolling in with a very similar lineup to what they had last time. A couple of big changes, and let me know if you agree with this. The biggest changes are obviously Rudy Gay's on the team, and Tony Parker's not there for a significant stretch of the season. Other than that, they're kind of approaching the year the same way they did last year, right? Which was their first without Tim Duncan. Do you, you agree with that? It's kind of the same team? Uh, no, uh, not really. Uh, I think, you know, I think we're going to see a transition sort of like in the 2013 Spurs to the 2014 Spurs. It's going to, you know, I mean, we could have said the same thing in 2014, like it's the same team, except Gary Neal's not on the team and Margot Bellinelli is. And I know you said that with Rudy Gay, but I think, uh, this is the time they're going to change that tempo. It's going to look like a completely different team. Like change the tempo to what? It's going to, it's to run. Yeah, really? You think so? Even even with Powell and LaMarcus on the team. I mean, you could put them at the five. They don't really have fives. You put them at the five. You don't really need that quick five. You just need that four that can score. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Well. I don't like your negativity. What, what, what's wrong with you today? Well, I didn't say it was a negative thing. I mean, the Spurs finished with well, the, the second best record in the NBA during the regular season, right? I heard it in your. I felt it in your voice. No, I'm burping because I'm drinking. Uh-huh. Because I, I saw a news report that says for men, two drinks a day actually increases your your or decreases your chance of dying prematurely. So out of the two, you just said screw it. You know, let's times five so I could live forever. Oh yeah, that's I've been doing that since I turned 21. Uh, not really. Not really, guys. Man, this is a rough conversation. We need to do more podcasts. We need to get back in the flow of things. We need born. Hey, yeah. I think that would have been more awkward. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Hey, so we agree to disagree. I think they're approaching the, the season very similarly. I think they're just buying time, biding time, until next summer's free agency. They didn't really get into any of the big free agent moves. I mean, Rudy Gay is nice. Uh, I, I get it. I like it. Um, but I, I, it doesn't put them over by any means. Uh, it doesn't really make them any more competitive. Uh, we'll talk about seedings and such and, and early predictions as far as records and, and percentage for the playoffs. And uh, the Spurs are safe, uh, you know, to make the playoffs. But you know, I think everyone else in the, not everybody else, a lot of teams in the West got better. The Spurs aren't one of them. Is my take on it. I, how do you feel? I mean, do you think that they got better over the off season, or they just? I, it just we don't know yet. You know, I mean, what teams got better? I, I could understand the, I mean, the Timberwolves. Well, the Warriors uh, got better. The, the Rockets might have got better. At least they made some moves. The Timberwolves got better. You're right. That's um, three. Yeah, they're still in great position. Yeah, no, I like, agree. I agree. I think they're yeah. in, they're in great position. I mean, but you're always talking about the Spurs somewhere at the top. 
I'm just saying that they didn't really get involved in any of the free agency, or at least they didn't land any free agents in the offseason of note. You got Rudy Gay, and that's that's of note clearly. But outside of that, they didn't really, they haven't really done much. The Kyrie Irving thing is rumored out there, but then now, you know, then that was his destination of choice. But now you hear that Kyrie Irving is interested in LA, uh, the Clippers, that is. And then, you know, of course, Cleveland doesn't really have to move him at all. So, I mean, the Spurs are kind of, they couldn't, they didn't pull that, they didn't like force him into that. They didn't like, they didn't hear that he was interested, so they would triple down with Cleveland to get Kyrie Irving. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that they could have been a part of, perhaps, and that they chose not to be. They, they re-signed guys like Pau Gasol to really big deals for a guy like that, um, who probably isn't going to live out the rest of his time there in San Antonio. He's going to move on somewhere else. They, they signed weird deals like that, that which is confusing to me. Uh, well, I, <laughs> you, may, <laughs> you made it seem like Powell was going to go to a better place. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. As soon as I said that, I started <laughs> thinking, i, I got to back out of this somehow. Uh, I just mean that he's going to – he won't finish that contract here. Uh, it's just too old, right? He'll retire before that. And so maybe that's the agreement they have. But, man, it's, it just seems like they signed that deal with him um, who doesn't really give you a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he just doesn't give you much. It, not bad. I mean, Hall of Famer, for sure – First ballot, but it's just it doesn't do anything to put you over. Is what I'm saying. Oklahoma City got better. Um, it's just it's just challenging to me to see that like San Antonio just sort of stayed where they were at without really without really progressing when other teams progressed. You know, I, I still won't count. I, I know you mentioned the Cavs and all that. I still won't count that a trade might go down. I think the Cavs are. Trying to look strong in this, but I mean, they—it's really lose lose. If 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 you trade him for nothing, I mean, LeBron can still leave. If you keep him there, he's gonna be un- unhappy because that's not his team. That team was being built around LeBron, and he's just—I mean—he has to go along with it until everybody's off the books, which is gonna be a long time. Uh, I mean, you can't. I don't think you can go into the season with those two guys, you know, playing alongside each other. So I, I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs make a move. I, I think they're just trying to, you know, sort of bait Cleveland into, you know, uh, sort you know, making them worry and then second guess. And then, uh, you know, maybe uh, right before the season starts, Kyrie's a spur. I, I could honestly see that. I don't think they're out of the sweepstakes yet. So th- this might not be the, la- the you know, the, the final uh, look for the team. But again, I disagree with you. It, it, I sort of look at it from like the Boris Diaz perspective. Remember when he signed in 2013 or what was it? 2013 or 2012 around there. I mean, you had Duncan and Tiago splitter and then, I mean, it was a slow team back down team. And then here you go and you add Boris Diaz. The guy can shoot, the guy can, uh, you know, uh, create on his own. He can, uh, you know, do all the things Bobo does. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the dimension that Rudy Gay adds to it. So I think it's just going to be a different look. I'm I'm excited. Can you tell? I, I can definitely excited. tell. The energy is is super high. Well, let's talk about the schedule. The schedule was released yesterday. Um, you know, obviously for for all of the teams, it starts I, I think a little bit earlier this year. And one of the things that went into the schedule was um, you know Adam Silver wanted to have uh, fewer back-to-backs, uh, which just seems to just be the theme uh, that, that we've experienced over the past couple of years. This didn't, I mean, this kind of fell flat a little bit. I mean, there's one fewer back-to-back on average, I think, um, for each team. So it's just not significant, you know, enough there. Um, there's, there's pressure on 
teams not to rest players. I know Popovich kind of started that whole thing, not to rest stars. So there's there's a lot that's going into those uh, into the schedule uh, to try to encourage teams to have their stars play. But what are the, a couple of the highlights? And Paul Garcia tweeted this stuff out. But what are a couple of the highlights of the Spurs schedule that fans should look forward to this year? Well, well, before you just completely buried the great Adam Silver for not getting it done or what, you know, uh, we I think we have to give him props because I think this is the first year. I forgot who tweeted this out. It's the uh, – and I'm trying to look at my timeline and killing time to see in my um, – uh, no, I can't find it. But it's the first year I think in history or something like that that no team in the NBA plays four games in five nights. So – Kudos to Adam Silver for at least doing that. Uh, significant games, I mean, as far as that. Well, geez. Uh, for uh, Spurs fans in general, I mean, Dwayne Dedman, as Paul Garcia uh, uh, tweeted uh, yesterday, or yesterday, two days, it'll be two days ago or so. Dwayne Dedman makes his return to San Antonio November 20th with the Hawks. Spurs are going to host OKC, Paul George, November 17th. Which, by the way, Spurs- why do people do that? Like, Dwayne Dedman's return. It's not like it's Paul Pierce's return. This is I don't know. some you t- dude, you know? Bro, you take it up with Paul Garcia. You know what? I dare you. But just everybody does that. Everybody just so does he, that. Oh, just so he can own you on the air. I'm interested in when it's like Tiago Splitter's return. Like an actual oh, well, he, return. He has to be healthy to return. No. Love Tiago, though. Um, the Warriors uh, in, uh, in San Antonio, November 2nd. And the great Jonathan Simmons returns with the Magic. And I think Bornstein's happy about that, October 27th. In Orlando. You know, that would be uh, really interesting because, you know, Simmons will be a starter on that team. And he'll be playing the – well, I assume he'll be playing the, the three. What do you think? He'll be playing the I don't three. even know the roster. I think he'll be That's playing – That's why we need Ben. Yeah, but he'll be playing the three. I mean, he's a three, right? He's a, he's a – well, he could be a two or a three. In either one of those cases, you're going to see Simmons going up against Kawhi. Which is really interesting because I know a lot of Spurs fans kind of thought that Simmons not was the heir apparent to Kawhi, but was just a, a nice compliment to Kawhi. Both very explosive, supposedly you know both good on defense. Obviously, we know Kawhi is amazing, um, but they some people thought they were a very similar player, right? Or that Simmons was going to develop into into being a similar player to to uh, to Kawhi. It'd be interesting to see them go heads up. I need I need names for that because I mean that's just ridiculous to even think about. Oh, that they're uh, a similar player. Oh yeah, uh, you, you know what's going to happen that game? Pop's going to tell everybody, you know, or whoever's guarding him, probably going to be Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, just play back, just leave him wide open at the three point line. The guy is going to break everything. Oh yeah, no, I get, I get it. He's developing. I mean, he still has a shot that problem, uh, but is explosive. Is a good defender. Um, can create his own. I think that's what they were saying. But Kawhi, you know, Kawhi's I'm, so much better. It's, I mean, you're talking about a future Hall of Famer versus, uh, again, just some dude. But he was developing into a similar kind of player. Now, why do you always a, tear apart all of my arguments? Why are you so confrontational? Uh, some some dude, yeah. So some. Uh, well, um, what was I going to say? I forgot. It, it must have not been important. Probably not. I forgot. Ding. Um, you were saying you were saying the schedule. 
Oh, yeah, and then there's other ones. Uh, We mentioned Golden State, November 2nd. November 17th, Oklahoma City. December 8th, Boston. That's going to be an interesting matchup. December 18th, the Clippers. January 23rd, Cleveland. February February 1st, Houston. March 19th, Golden State. And April 1st, Houston, uh, which are going to be all huge games for that. Hey, so that Boston game, rolling back to that, they're they're sort of a new-look team this year. And, of course, they got Al Horford. Gordon Hayward now is over there. Isaiah Thomas is there. I think there's a real deficiency there at the point guard spot, at least defensively, for San Antonio. Uh, it doesn't matter which one of those guys you put on them. They're, they're going to have a problem with Isaiah Thomas. Um, so let's just give the edge there to Boston. Looking at Gordon, Hay- Gordon Hayward, who's a three, I think you give the advantage. I mean, you clearly give the advantage to San Antonio there. So they're going to have to play, and this San Antonio that is, who is going to cover Al Horford, and does he even need that kind of coverage? Like, do you have to game plan for Al Horford? Is he that kind of a player anymore, or you know, truly was he ever, or was he just the best on a bad team? Oh, I I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, okay, just ignore everything I just said and go say what you Jonathan want to say. Simmons just did that for one year. So I mean, for him to anybody to think he might develop into something better, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one year. Uh, Al Horford, I've never. I may be in the minority here. I never thought about him as a superstar. Mm-hmm. I thought of him as you know like a pretty good player. Uh, I thought um, Josh Smith really complimented him. Millsap complimented him. But as the guy or as the only guy in the paint, I I don't think he's that great. I'm trying to see who they're. Uh, Marcus a Morris, big three player right there. Marcus Morris Josh is their Smith. starting power power forward. Um, oh, and Baines is there too. You can't forget Aaron Baines. Baines. Uh, yeah, I. He, you don't need to cover him. I mean, I think you could put Lamarcus Aldridge on him or even Pau Gasol. He's not. Uh, he's a. You know, he tries to be a crafty player. He's not really that quick of a player. And now he's developed into a softer player because mm-hmm. you know he's more of a jump shooter. Rudy oh, Gay. Avery I'm Black telling. Bradley's there now. Avery, no, he's in Detroit. Avery Bradley. Yeah. I don't think so. He's in Detroit. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they had to trade him. Hayward's the the, the shooting guard. Jay Crowder's the small forward. Where have you been? I don't been? know. I don't know. Well, wait, don't worry how, about this. It's, it's summer, man. I'm taking summer off. I, I suggest you keep it on. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I, again, I think that's where, like, the Rudy Gay factor is is huge there because, again, it, it neutralizes everything. You know, Marcus Morris isn't that great. Uh, so uh, I, I just because of that, I don't think you have to pay too much attention to, um, to Al Horford. So, no. So – you just after we got through Boston and kind of went back to back to Boston. You had listed a couple of games, Golden State games and Houston games, and for San Antonio, those that's the you know the company you keep right there at the top of the standings. I believe we'll go through the standings in a bit, but I can't imagine that San Antonio would be any worse than third in the West as far as pre preseason rankings go. Um, for those games, is, is there any kind of factor that you see with the schedule that? Uh, even the time of year or position with the other games that you say, okay, that gives an edge to San Antonio? Or do you think, I mean, I, Golden State is still, in my estimation, still clearly the class of the of the, the league um, and better than San Antonio, at least on paper today with everybody healthy. Um, but Houston, I'm not so sure that's the case, right? Um, they've done some things with Chris Paul that are very interesting. It's cool to have Chris Paul on your team takes the ball out of James Harden's hands, who is the true MVP of the league last year, 
Oh, here we go. Well, it's true. It's true. No, it, no, it's not. You know, the calm down, Kurt Angle. It's true. No, it's. <laughs> oh, uh, it I has, forgot about that. It has to be the great Kawhi Leonard as the MVP, best two-way player in the league. Oh, he'll get his, but I mean, he, James Harden had a. Well, it doesn't matter, man. They had. They everybody had great years. What I'm saying is that you took. You <laughs> took the, Oprah. Everybody had a great year. You, <laughs> you had get a great good year. year. You get a good year. Now, uh, they took the ball. Or they're taking the ball in James Harden's hand. Now they're playing really well, you know, in, in pickup and, and summer leagues, and just you know, that's great. You get into the grind of the NBA season, things might be happening. You know, something different might happen. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm all I'm saying is that. The games against Golden State, to me, are more meaningful for positioning than the games against Houston because I think that San Antonio, despite what Houston has done, is good enough to, to at least draw even with Houston. I don't know. We'll get into the, to the rankings in a bit, but I mean, just what, what do you see of the schedule there? What are your thoughts on those games as far as the, the calendar dates and positioning? Do you, do you think that gives them, somebody a natural edge, one of those teams? No, I, I think Pop's going to still be Pop, and I think he's going to irritate the league in that. Uh, if they play, you know, if it's on, you know, even if it's a game uh, or a day's in between rest between Golden State and somebody else, if they're in position uh, to take that game or, you know, they're tied in the standings, I can see Pop maybe resting some of the guys in the game that they're going to win for sure or, you know, just uh, tanking that Golden State game. I still think he's going to play it safe, even with that type of schedule. Uh, so I don't I, I don't really think it matters. I think he's going to have the same mindset going into the season. The games are going to be more separate. But in reality, when did that matter? He still did that when they had, you know, a bunch of, you know, days in between games, you know, one or two, one or two games. So I don't see this mattering at all. I think he's just going to push him into, you know, maybe a policy or a rule where there's no resting unless there's an injury, something like that. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 you can't get away from that mindset if you want them to rest. Because think about it this way. If you're... Uh, if your mindset as a coach is, I want my guy to be fresher than their guy, it doesn't matter how you're going to do the schedule. You're going to play the same amount of games that they're going to be on different days. But whatever it takes for your guys to be fresher, you're still going to do that. So even whatever schedule they come up with, I still say Pop's going to you know, go with his game plan. There you go. Uh, oh, what else? What else are you seeing from the schedule? Anything before we get into odds? No. I know you're a big Vegas guy. So let's go. let's jump into the odds. Uh, we'll go east first, and then we'll go to the west, uh, and we'll kind of go through the teams and then then uh, schedule predictions. And these are available on uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, but and I was surprised to see this. Are you oh, really plugging other sites? Yeah. It's it's a resource. It's a resource. It's a conversation piece. Um, Eastern Conference going from first to worst. I guess we could just we could just run through these, but. Um, they have Boston uh, with winning projected to win 57 games this year, 100% playoff uh, probability, uh, only nine to one um, uh, odds to win the title. Cleveland obviously is number two, 51 and 31, with four to one title odds. What uh, between those two? I mean, it's kind of a changing of the guard, right? So it's predicted that Boston's going to near 60 wins on the season, and, and Cleveland. I don't know if it's necessarily a step back, but they're just going to hold tight at just above 50 wins. Do you, do you see like that as a natural change in the guard? Do you think that inside of those rankings they're taking into account the dissatisfaction of Kyrie Irving being there, or maybe he's not going to be there at all? Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I think they're taking into uh, consideration that they're going to trade him 
because to be 51 and 31, mm-hmm. I just can't see it if, it if, you know, the whole team comes back and they play to their full potential. Uh, I, I can see Boston having a better record, of course, but uh, I think they're playing into that, the, that LeBron's, uh, that, uh, no, that Kyrie's not going to be there. And I mean, at the same time, if you're making these odds and, you know, you feel like LeBron might not be there next season. I think you also have to take into consideration that LeBron might be traded. As weird as that sounds, I think he has a no trade clause. I think he might waive it depending on how things go. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, especially if he does not want to play next to Kyrie at all uh, because of those uh, comments. Uh, I think they're taking that also into consideration that one of those two or maybe both of them might be traded. Who knows? Just trade the whole team. Yeah, I think you definitely um, – I know we're kind of getting off tangent here. But if you're the owner and the new GM of Cleveland, you, you trade LeBron. I mean, come on. I mean, if he's going to walk anyway, if he's so dissatisfied, he's going to walk. He has so much control that, you know, you just work out a trade to L.A., right? Or you just work out a trade some, somewhere that he would totally go because he's going to walk anyway. you got to do that. It, it, NBA is, is beyond saving face for these players now. Uh, yeah, you know Full what? Stop. And I want, and and one of the things I'm really dumbfounded is that he doesn't get any heat for you know. It's like, oh, Kyrie doesn't want to play there next to LeBron. Like, oh, he's the bad guy. And then people are like nonchalantly going, oh yeah, LeBron might not be there next year. Like, why doesn't he get any of the blame for this? If Kyrie's unhappy with how the team looks, that's because it's centered around LeBron. These are the guys LeBron wanted. His buddies right. getting long term contracts. I mean, I, I'm just I'm. I don't know the situation, but if LeBron's sort of in the center of this, I think he should be getting blame, uh, especially if he leaves the next season. I mean, yeah, he guaranteed them a ring, and a lot of people and some of their fans think, well, you know, he fulfilled his promise, he can go on his way. But why can't Kyrie have that same opportunity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And they tried to do that. It didn't really work out. Uh, and then LeBron came to town, and they obviously started having some success. Uh, okay, number three are the Wizards, 50 and 32. Uh, I'm surprised by this one. Milwaukee is uh, preseason ranked four in the East. 49 wins, 33 losses, 66 to one to win the title. To me, this is you know very similar, uh, a very similar comment to what you had with with Jonathan Simmons. We see the Greek freak be amazing, and I'm not saying like change the game because there's been other tall guys and he's dynamic, and I get all that stuff that have played the point guard's position. Um, is that a flash? In, you know, is that just a flash in the pan? I mean, people had a whole year to try to figure that out, and nobody could. He had a fantastic year, best year of his short career, um, and you know, puts him in All Star status. But is that is that sustainable? I guess is what I'm asking. And do you think they're worthy of a number four seed? Uh, well, you mentioned. Uh, well, you just skipped through the Wizards, right? We didn't even. Well, I don't even know the Wizards. Well, I mean, how can the Wizards uh, not be the number three seed? I mean, it's it seems like it's the Wizards or Toronto, right? Uh, actually, I was gonna say the Bucks might be deserving of that third seed. I could see them slide into that oh, third man, seed. I was gonna slide I, them down. I thought the Bucks were way overrated in these rankings. Well, shame on you then. <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's sustainable, but the. They have to complement what he brings. What I mean by that is, I you know, uh, I, I'm gonna Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, I I I, should, I didn't butcher his name that time. No, sorry. Uh, he's not a. I mean, he, they play him as point guard, right? right? And they, you know, in some stand, you know, some people say he's a small forward. The people say he's a power forward. Uh, they play him at point guard. It's just I I think they have to. 
build the team around whatever they want from him. So if they're going to have him as point guard, I don't think they can have him as point forward. Just make him the actual point guard. Put taller guys around, you know, maybe a stretch four, stretch five, and I think they would be a deadly team. Uh, Greg Monroe is still on the team. Thon May- I mean, they have tall guys around them. But I, I, I think it's sustainable if they really try to – you know, build around with, you know, and, and try to give him an advantage. I mean, if you have Giannis as the starting point guard in that one position, who's going to stop the guy? You, you know, I mean, God forbid Tony Parker comes back and that's his first matchup. That, I mean, you know, the, it, it would just be horrible. You know, he would dominate Westbrook. He would dominate Chris Palm. So I think it's sustainable as long as they, you know, try to build around his talents and, and what makes him special. But uh, just because of that, I could see them as a third seed. Uh, just because Giannis, I think he's, I think it's a chip on his shoulder. The fact that they can't get over that hump of improving more than they should. So I, I got them at three, and I got uh, Washington at four. Okay, and then the Raptors are listed number five. Uh, Miami is number six, and the Hornets are number seven, which I thought was really interesting. Talk about those. I mean, do you agree with those? I think Miami, for me, is a little bit underrated, but only by a spot. You know, I could see Miami going to be a five and Milwaukee sliding down, but that's just me. What do you what do you think about those five, six, and seven? I think uh, I forgot which team it was that we were talking about, and and you know that's all they really bring. I, I dang, I forgot who it was. Uh, but they're sort of in the same situation. Uh, I, what team was it, man? Ugh. Anyways, I'm going to try to, you know, just erase it from my mind because it's going to bug me. But these are the guys, I mean, the Raptors, what, what's really changed? I mean, they add one player in and it doesn't really change the team because they have the same philosophy, the same offense. You know, they go through the same guys. Uh, so I, I think actually Toronto bumps down. I would bump Toronto to the seventh. Mm-hmm. I would, uh... You know, I think Charlotte is going to surprise people. I would put Charlotte at five, Miami at six, and Toronto at seven. I, I think Toronto's just one of those teams. Like, you know, it's the same stuff every year. They're going to get to right. a point where they're they're gonna, uh, you know, just get worse because I mean, they, how how much better can they get? You know, they have two superstars, right? Uh, how how is their offense going to change? How is their defense going to change? It's the same thing. I think that at some point they're just going to lose that motivation. They're going to drop down, and then Toronto's going to have to be forced to do something, uh, maybe in a trade or or something like that. But I, I see Toronto bumping down. And number eight is uh, at least as, as far as the preseason rankings at forty one and forty one under the year are JJ Redick and his Philadelphia seventy sixers, fifty percent playoff probability. Uh, 66 to 1 title odds, which is crazy because that's really high <laughs> as compared to some of these other teams. Like Toronto's a 75 to 1, Milwaukee's a 66 to 1, Washington's a 66 to 1. So Philly has the same title odds as, as a Washington. In this so, so basically, as, as, as basically, if they get into the playoffs, they're, they're pretty much, Deadly. they have a good chance to win the championship. Deadly in the playoffs. And, and and I mean that's quite the opposite of somebody like Charlotte, who, who I mean they're number seventh on and these. Charlotte's uh, five hundred uh, to one. <laughs> five hundred. 
So so basically, they can stay. I I mean, they're looking at this really at matchups, right? That that's the only way yeah. I could explain this. Like they could steamroll through the East or at least get into the playoffs. But then when it gets to the NBA Finals, it's kind of like you know you're, you're going to get destroyed. With the exception, of like how you said of you know someone like uh, Philadelphia, they might have trouble getting into getting into the playoffs at number eight. But if they get to the NBA Finals, they might give you know maybe the Warriors trouble. I I I like it. And actually, I think uh, Philadelphia, depending on how they, um, what's that dude's name? The one they got her, uh, Bent. No, the other one, the the rookie. You know which one? Oh uh, yeah, Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, uh, I kept seeing Bornstein's face. Ben, <laughs> um, you know, depends how they use him. I think he's in the same situation as Giannis. They want to, you know, he's what he grew up to be seven foot now. Uh, you know, in a year he grew up like two inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they want to put him at point guard as a ball handler. Uh, again, it only works if you have the personnel and you have the system to go around it. You have to really cater to that. It just can't be like, okay, well, this guy can handle the ball. Put him in with whoever you want. I, You know, th- that's how, you know, teams really uh, waste talent. So I, I, I think they have a good position. I would have to uh, see how he plays in, in preseason. Not, not really how he plays, but really how they, uh, how they uh, you know, where his role on the offense is what he has to do. Uh, but I mean, him as point guard would be ridiculous. Just like Giannis just depends how the, how the coaches use him. There you go. Uh, nine is Detroit. 10 is Orlando. 11 are the nets worst team in the league last year. Now they're not the worst team in the, in the East. Uh, Indiana is all the way down to number 12. Uh, the Knicks are at 13 and you got to think that something's going to change there. I mean, they're predicted to win 26 games next year. Uh, then you have Atlanta, surprisingly, at uh, 14, Coach Bud. And then uh, Chicago's the worst team in the East, which means you're the worst team in the NBA. Uh, and uh, they're at 15, and they're 20 and 62 on the year. Uh, again, 500 to 1 odds to win the title. I, I wonder if you can bet on uh, the fact that the, if they can make the playoffs. Oh, like I'm you sure bet you on can. the fact that. They, I, and and uh, some of these, I, mean, I would love to bet on some of these. I mean, I would love to bet on some of these if this was legit. Because I was going to say, you know, I – let me see. How do you not throw 50 bucks down on Indiana to make the playoffs? uh, I I would – I wouldn't – Indiana. Who's in Indiana? It doesn't matter. It's Indiana. Of course it does. Uh, I, I would say, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, 5% playoff prob- probability. I would, th- you know, I would look at those odds if I was a betting man. Uh, because, I mean, they got Jeremy Lin. That's, or, or the, uh, I mean, I, I just can't see a scenario where the Knicks make no, and, the lot. They got, uh, they got, what's his name? From, uh, he was the, the number one pick by LA a couple years ago. Like two years ago. Oh, um, The point guard guy. The guy who was. The, the, the guy who ratted out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Swaggy P. What's that guy's yeah. name? It doesn't matter. D'Angelo what your Williams. Name is. No, no, right? Not D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. Russell. Yeah, Williams is the yeah NFL guy. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, some of those are just ripe for throwing fifty bucks down. Um. So I think a road trip to Vegas. All right. Out west, number one, Golden State Warriors, sixty-nine wins on the year. So a forecast for another just incredible year. Uh, they got better. Uh, and they. Still How did they get better? I want to know how they got better. Don't put me on the spot with this. They got what's his name who went over there. They got they got some backups this year. Who? God, I really should have prepared for this podcast. Hold on. You you really should have prepared for me to call you out 
Warriors depth chart. Hold on. Google. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Google doesn't censor this. Diversity. Uh, well, they start, they got Zaza. Oh, uh, well, they got Steph. Omri Cassidy, Nick Young. Nick Young. Yeah, I mean that's better. Those guys are going to play though. Are, are you, are you, well, okay, no, I'm I have, saying they still have the same. They still have the same core, and then they re-signed all the role players. And then you're saying that your worst player here could potentially be Swaggy P or Omri Caspi. Those could be your worst players. I, I think uh, Swaggy P, with the way he likes to jack up those shots, mm-hmm. uh, it might cause trouble there. I know he signed for cheap, but I mean oh, it only cause, takes. Yeah, it'll cause like cultural problems there. But I'm saying if those are your worst players, that's pretty good. David West is back. Yeah, he's pretty bad. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're uh, they're they're solid. They got better. I mean, and, and they were so stacked before that it's it's tough to. I mean, you're just talking about the fringe, but one through fifteen. I mean, that's the best team in the NBA. Well, we'll but, see. Yeah, I guess we will. Yeah, hundred percent playoff probability, five to eight title odds, uh, best in the NBA. So anyway, so they're they're at sixty nine wins. The Rockets. This is confusing to me. The Rockets are number two. They're slated to win sixty two wins, so to finally eclipse the sixty win season, so sixty two and twenty, hundred percent they're going to be in the playoffs. That's um, aside from injuries to Chris Paul or James Harden. Uh, that's a guarantee. Ten to one title odds. I like those title odds. I like them a lot, actually. Uh, that's worth $55 to go down on. Um, what, do, what do you think about Houston's positioning there? My, my challenge is that you've got two stars now. Uh, you don't have any defense at the point guard position, none, in, in, a, in a league where point guards are just killing it because Patrick Beverly's gone. Uh, to acquire Chris Paul, they had to dump Patrick Beverly and a lot of bench and random players. There's no... Um, Harold, there's you know they they lost some some players, but Patrick Beverly's the killer, and he wanted to go right. He he was open to saying, hey, I wanted to go and showcase my skills in a different location. You know, I'm kind of being overshadowed here, which is true, but they have no defense from point guard spot. I don't care what people say about Chris Paul if he's a decent defender, he's not. That's my assessment. So he, well, he's a he's a defense he's a decent defender. I think he's a. No. He, I, mean, I mean, he's okay, uh, but I'm saying like you think like he can't hold um, Chris Paul, or I mean, sorry, he can't hold Steph whoa. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> he can't hold oh. Steph Curry. He can't hold oh. Kyrie Irving. Okay, well, who can hold them? Patrick Beverly. It, no, oh, no. What is he going to go after? What their ACL, MCL? What did he hurt the last time? Um. <sighs> I mean, it, actually, I was looking at a video from Bebop Breakdown and Coach Nick where oh, he there you um, go. Plug actually in laid sites. down. Plug in other sites. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's very great stuff, by the way. Big fan. Uh, they, you know, he sort of compared to Chris Paul and John Stockton and who would you take? And he sort of broke down all their, uh, you know, their, their characteristics and, you know, their skills and all that. I mean, when you look at how uh, all the clips he used, Chris Paul is not a bad defender. Uh, I just don't think he can play, you know, he can check a guy like Steph Curry for, you know, a whole series. I don't think anybody can do that. I don't even think you want Kawhi to do that. Uh, Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly is one of the most overrated guys on defense. I'll just say that, okay? Uh, just because you like him. That's that's your fault. You know, uh, but I you think, know, side note, that John Stockton was one of the early investors in Waffle House and owns over 200 Waffle House franchises? I've never been to Waffle House. 
making a big mistake with your life. Cash only, uh, though. I don't like that. Uh, see, well, that's all I carry. I don't like change, though. I, I don't care. I just carry ones and tens. Where were we? Um, the Houston Rockets, ten to one odds. I'm th- those are. <sighs> I mean, those are pretty decent odds, I guess. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they're, I think they're not giving the two, three, and two, three, and five in this list that we'll go over. I don't think they're giving them that much credit that they can overtake Golden State. I think Golden State is the better overall team, but you know, at the same time, we got to remember. Uh, I think the Rockets have a better chance in that, and so do the Spurs, and so do the even the Minnesota Timberwolves, because I mean they have the best. The Warriors have the best one t- through fifteen, like you said. But it's not like Omri Caspi is going to be getting all those minutes. Omri Caspi is going to be sitting on the bench while the same rotation is being played out. So I think that's what you really have to focus on, and I think the Rockets have a better chance than ten to one. Uh, but I completely agree with that. I think they'll be the number two seed unless something happens with San Antonio. If they keep the same team that they have right now, uh, I'll stay with the Rockets at number two. San Antonio comes in number three, 54 wins on the season, 95% playoff probability, which I thought was really interesting that they also weren't a 100% uh, probability for the playoffs. I I guess I just really don't get that if they're banking on injury because it seems like a foregone conclusion because the top of the West is so much better than the bottom of the West. It's just confusing to me. But again, another 50-win season, that streak is ridiculous. Uh, 16 to one odds to win the title. That feels about right. Uh, I think they have a better chance. Like I'm telling you, I think they're sleeping on, on these, uh, on these odds. If you're, you know, a Vegas person, I would take those odds because especially after, you know, maybe the first few games of the season, I think, you know, they're going to get into being more of a favorite than they are. And if they get Kyrie, uh, depending on who they give up, I think those odds are going to get better for San Antonio, worse for the uh, for the gambler. So uh, sixteen to one odds, I think that's I think they're lowballing San Antonio in that. Yeah, you take those, yeah. So they're San Antonio somewhere a, a two, three, or four, probably a two. I, I just I, the Houston thing is really interesting because it's just the sum of the parts might you know not really equal second seed anyway. Oklahoma. Uh, why do you say that though? I mean, you're a big Houston Rockets, Mark. Why, why I, do you say that? I think it, I, I think it fits with, perfectly because no, I'm just like you take. I I just don't like taking the ball. A guy had an MVP season last year, and he had it because defensively, you didn't know if he was going to pass it or if he was going to, you know, score 35 on you a night. And the guy, damn near, uh, averaged a triple double himself. Had more points. Had more wins. He, I mean, he he could, he very well should have been the MVP, and because of you know team wins and, and things we just went over, you took away some depth. I mean, not not like name brands or anything like that. Montrez Harrell doesn't really. I mean, it doesn't really do anything. Oh, him? They give him up? Yeah. So I mean, they gave up guys like that. I, I don't know who that was. Kyle Whitler, uh, which you, nobody knows but me. Um. So you give up that depth, but then I'm telling you, the Patrick Beverly kicker, I know you say he's overrated, but when you have nobody defensively on a point guard, or or say that you think that Chris Paul is a good defensive player, but there's no depth behind him, he is going to be run ragged having to cover some of these point guards in this league. Like I'm talking about like even in Sacramento, you know, he's going to have a problem uh, with George Hill. I, I just, just keeping going with George and having to play that. And so, because James uh, James Harden doesn't play any defense, we know that. I mean, he plays zero. He is not interested at all. 
I think defensively, I know it's not really um, you know their their game plan, but it just got really bad. You know, it's just, so I mean to say that they're a sixty win team, I, I think it's it's a you know subtraction by addition here, where you put Chris Paul in there. I I, I fear that because Chris Paul is a fantastic player, but you're taking the ball away from an MVP. Uh, I, I just think they'll probably run the same stuff. They'll just, uh, switch, you know, uh, I, I think it'll be maybe on matchups. Like if they, like if they play San Antonio, for example, uh, if whoever Patty or DeJounte Murray is guarding, I think that's the guy who's going to be dominant with the ball. The other guy's going to have to be a spot of shooter defensively. Uh, they're going to have the three. Uh, I don't think Gordon's going to start. So they, they might have a defensive, uh, three still there. Uh, he can guard the best player, and I think Chris Paul's going to be the second defensive guy, and now James Harden's going to slide in that third uh, and not really try on defense. Or you never know, he might surprise. Uh, I, uh, Chris Paul is a big defensive guy, even though you don't think so. Uh, so maybe he you know, kicks it up a notch just because Chris Paul's there. You never know. Yeah, maybe. I, but then you got Ryan uh, Anderson there. Uh, Clint Capella's a good, defense, a good, good rim protector, but has trouble scoring. I, I don't know. I just think it's a... He's going to catch a lot of lops from Chris Paul. I mean, it's good. Clint Capella. I I don't know. I just I here, let me put it this way: the jury's still out. You you got a, two guys that need the ball. Oh, we'll just see if it works. But I'm saying to have a foregone conclusion that they're going to be the second seed, that they're higher than San Antonio uh, by that many games. I mean, that's eight games. They're eight games better than San Antonio. Oh, I think so. But I mean, we got to remember also oh, with this before we be, fan here on the phone <laughs> before this turns into a Rockets podcast. <laughs> but I just want to say, like, you know, Dan Tony's offense isn't like uh, sort of like with the Spurs when they had that ball movement, or with uh, Golden State where they have these back screens and all that. This is a very basic offense that they look just for an advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have that Spanish uh, pick and roll where a guard, where the point guards up top, and then a shooting guard sets one screen, the big man sets another screen, the shooter goes up to a three point line while uh, the other two do a traditional pick and roll. Uh, you know, it, it, it's simple like that. So I, I don't think there's going to be that much trouble. It's not like he's going to they're going to sit out of, you know, three, four possessions without touching the ball because, of you know, other guys are uh, having the ball in their hands. It, I, I think it's going to be very subtle. Okay. Well, End your point. Spurs are uh, the, the number three seed. We already talked about them. OKC addition is Paul George, uh, and they're coming in number four. That's probably right. I mean, it's kind of in the, in the right range. 95% playoff probability, 20 to 1 title odds. Um, I think that's a little aggressive. Uh, Minnesota's number five at 48 w- uh, wins on the year. 75% chance to make the playoffs, but 20 to 1 title odds. I think that the, both of those are low, um, the playoff probability and the title odds. Uh, what do you think about Minnesota? I mean, clearly better this year than previously. But they just might be ranked a little low all the way around. Yeah, uh, I don't see them as a fit seed. I, you know, I love Russell Westbrook. I think, you know, I was a big fan of his, especially what he was trying to do by himself on the court. I just can't see him sustain that next season. Uh, I can't see how, you know, him trying to fit in with Paul George, especially when Paul George can opt out and leave. I just don't think there's going to be that much chemistry being built. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think they're going to have trouble with that. Minnesota is the only team I can really, really, realistically see jump up from. You know, four because I have them at four, four to two. 
that's the only team, team I can see them jumping up because of the potential, because of the guys that they have on the team, uh, the difference. Uh, the, the only thing that makes me sort of second-guess that is Thibodeau is not a, uh offensive guy, and I think that's what they need. Defensively, I think they'll be there even without a defensive-minded coach. Uh, so I, I think um, I, I think they're ranked pretty low. I, I could see them. Uh, I, I could see them at the four, at four. But then I disagree with Oklahoma City being at four and only being three games uh, under San Antonio. I just right. don't see that. I I, uh, I think they're going to struggle. They don't. We we don't know how they can play. I mean, Paul George is not Kevin Durant. He right. doesn't play like Kevin Durant, uh, and Kevin Durant, start, you know, he could fit with Russell Westbrook. Uh, so I, I, I just don't see these two guys fitting. I could see Oklahoma City being a seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be better than last year by the end of the year, assuming that there's not a, a trade. Because, um, like you said, Paul George could just go right. So I, I'm not sure that there's going to be too much chemistry to your point. But if it does work, they'll probably, you know, find their groove and they'll be better by the end of the year. I picked up on the same thing that you did. Three games worse than San Antonio. Ah, man, I think they're going to be dramatically worse than than San Antonio. Um, I, yeah, I could see Minnesota clearly taking the four. I don't think Minnesota breaks into those top three, but I could see Minnesota being a four seed for sure. Uh, next up is Utah at number six. That's a little overrated. Uh, I'd have Utah all the way out of this thing. Uh, but they, you know, Bleach Report, in all their wisdom... Uh, decides to put them at number six, two hundred to one title odds. You agree with Utah being there? Uh, you lose your best player, couple of them. I, I'd like to see their reasoning before I jump on them for that. Uh, I can see the Nuggets being better than them. The Clippers, eh. the Grizzlies still have their team. I, I think that that that's who it was. Remember, I was mentioning a, a team that you know they, they're really in that purgatory where they're not going to get better so that I, I always think they're gonna you know sort of uh get worse i that that was the grizzlies when i was mentioning um that, that other team i forgot um uh, no i i think the grizzlies are still better i mean they lost zebo but i think marcus marcus all can work around that yeah i mean remember zebo came off the bench so i you know i don't think that's really a uh as big of a loss to bump them out of the playoff contention so i you know i see the grizzlies being better i just I don't get number 10 because, I mean, we're going to get to the – I mean, you were mentioning the Jazz, yeah. but they got the Pelicans at number 10. The Pelicans are better than 6 to 9 in my opinion, especially with those two. Yeah. I mean, there's really no excuse that they can't develop some chemistry. Uh, I mean, you could – it's a dream to, you know, for a coach to, to coach two bigs who can – you create their own shot, can shoot, and can post up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And then they got Rajon Rondo, Rajon who can play Rondo, pick yeah. and roll with mm-hmm. pick and roll with them. The other guy could be at the three point line. Uh, so I think they're in a prime situation. I could see them as a number six seed. I'll have them as a number six seed, actually. Yeah, when we do our predictions, I, I I would definitely slide New Orleans up a bit. So we had Utah, then we had Denver, then we had the Clippers at eight. The, the Clippers are an interesting team because. You know, if if they were to get a little bit of movement, because you know Kyrie supposedly wants to go there now, uh, if he went there, I could see them being, you know, a five seed. I could see him jumping up that high. Uh, right now, I don't see him as a number eight seed. I see them out of the playoffs. I see Blake Griffin, uh, d- despite signing that deal, you know, that's nothing for a trade. I mean, for the right team, I I, I just don't feel like L.A. is is totally set. You know, I mean, I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on on L.A. The Clippers, it is. 
uh, Patrick Beverly. I don't know what he's going to do. Blake Griffin is still in a boot, right? How long is he out for? DeAndre Jordan's still there. But I, they're not as – we're, we're going to see how much Chris Paul meant to Doc Rivers' coaching. I've never been a big fan of Doc. I mean the no. only good oh, season way overrated. he had. So overrated. Yeah. The only great season he had was when he got those hungry yeah, when you had Kevin to win a championship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course. You had, well, and it was really a big four. You know that he wasn't given credit for because Rondo started coming to his own. I mean, Rondo was a really good point guard for that team, but he wasn't Ray Allen. You know, he was so you had Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Rondo. I mean, seriously, like you can't win with that. Uh, yeah, and especially in, during that era in the East, they were really the only team LeBron was. I mean, he was still LeBron, but he didn't have the help that he tries to have nowadays. Right. So. Uh, I, I just think his coaching is overrated. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's all going to, you know, boil over. Really, I don't. I think he's gone after the season. Uh, I, I don't think Austin Rivers is oh, going to be a he clipper make after it this through the whole year. He doesn't make the whole Austin year. Rivers. No, um, Doc Rivers. He doesn't make the whole year. They roll back to Vinny Del Negro. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I could honestly see them trading Austin Rivers and Doc quitting. And really, that's going to lay into that Chris Paul perspective, and people are going to feel sorry for Chris Paul after you know. The, I mean, that was the whole reason why that relationship, uh, you know, burned that bridge, right? Because he mm-hmm. treated Austin Rivers with that uh, special treatment, you know, because it's son instead of you know what's best for the team. Even though Austin Rivers is not a bad player, no, he's not bad. Uh, but. It, it's just that when you put that much emphasis, and it's your kid. Uh, I, I would have not put myself in that situation. Let, let me put it this way. <laughs> and I know he's hearing me right now because I read in the other room. But uh, when my one time my brother asked me if, if I could have him on my team so I could coach him. This was like a few years back. And I just said no because, again, that gets to people. You know, when, when there's a little bit of nepotism there, that gets to the other players. It rubs players the wrong way. You treat somebody spe- – I mean you're not going to treat your, you know, your kid or your relative – harsher than everybody else you know because then that looks bad you can't treat them any better you know than everybody else because that looks bad so i just think it was a bad situation and again this is all on doc he's the one he was the one that was in really the head of of uh you know personnel what what was he president of uh, basketball relations or something like that uh so he really put himself in that situation uh so i like i used it i agree with you i think he's gone i don't think they're going to be close to what they were and they're going to regret that Blake Griffin contract because Absolutely. they don't have anybody to give him the ball as good as he was last season uh and i think he could still play the same way when the offense is paying attention to the big guy who can't shoot in the paint exactly. and, yeah. and and the <laughs> fact that they could throw a lob to him you know, I mean, that takes away from Blake, from the defense looking at Blake. But also, Chris Paul was there, and he could shoot, he could create, pick and roll, he could throw that lob to to DeAndre Jordan. Now they don't have that, so I think they're going to regret that contract, and they're really going to be again in NBA purgatory mm-hmm. because this is this is probably the worst case situation that that they could be in. Yeah, they've rolled right back into that status. I I don't think Blake makes it, despite signing that contract. I think you can move him, and I think they will. I, I, this is just stupid to sign that guy. They should blow that whole thing up because they were no, they were they were in purgatory already, right? This gets them out of purgatory. It gets them straight to hell, right? Because you lose Chris Paul, you're so much worse. They, you got a point guard now in Patrick Beverly who doesn't do the things that Chris Paul does. So now DeAndre Jordan is immediately less effective. I mean, uh, you know, 50% less effective at least, right? Because there's, I mean, Beverly doesn't play that game. You know, he's not that great of a shooter. 
Certainly not from from three. Chris Paul's better than that. Patrick Beverly can't create like Chris Paul. He, he can't pass like Chris Paul. I mean, he's a defensive guy, right? So you're going to have um, DeAndre Jordan. That's totally limited because uh, he's not a good offensive player outside of the you know the lob and and you know tip ins and such. And Blake Griffin is either injured or he's going to be double teamed. You know, it just it, it's going to be really bad. I can't, I just don't see how they have him as an eight. Uh, Memphis is there at nine. The Pelicans are at number ten. I'm with you. Pelicans are are better than a ten seed. There's forty and forty two on the year, one hundred and fifty to one to win the title, which still is not that bad when you look at some of these other teams that are ahead of them. Uh, but I could see New Orleans actually making the making the playoffs. You know, one of the top eight. Portland surprised me. Portland's at number eleven, right? Two hundred to one to win the title. Uh, that's that seems low. I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Portland? Like, what happened in Port? I guess I don't really follow the Trailblazers, but what happened there that made them drop down so significantly? Uh, I think it's the. I mean, this is what the. Really, it was the first season that they had uh, that they overachieved. I don't think. You know, I, I think these odds also the 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 factor of you know how are they going to uh, adjust to the league adjusting to them i think that's going to play a big factor they really have a two man game and it's really the one and two where it's not that um ideal because again they're perimeter players you, if you shut down the perimeter and you get some help in the paint i mean th- th- that sort of neutralizes them it's not you know it's not like the ideal situation where you have a really good point guard or and then maybe a you know a 3 and then a 5 or something like that uh, but but I, I think that's what it plays into. I would not be surprised, and I don't know why I'm thinking this. Uh, I would not be surprised if there's a trade that goes down with Portland. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean for Carmelo Anthony going to Portland. I mean just blowing up that team right. because it's really going to go nowhere. Right. I agree. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I don't think it's going to go nowhere. I think they're going to have to give up one of those two guys and see what they can get. Um, maybe especially in New York. I mean, uh, Melo doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And really, the teams are the, the the teams are sort of uh, twisting their arm into you know if you want us to take Melo and he's going to waive his no trade clause, he had to give us Porzingis, which might fit with uh, with what Portland wants to do, uh, something like that. I just don't see them keeping this core together. That sort of again, that sort of reminds me of the Grizzlies. What I thought about them last season when we had this podcast, where you know I just don't see them getting any better. I think they're going to be in that you know same situation. That's what I see Portland. You know, little known fact about. Uh former Portland great Arvita Sabonis, his ex-wife married the guy who invented Candy Crush. Did you see Zebo got caught with weed? No. Yeah, no. Uh, Dallas is number 12. I get that. I feel bad uh, for his darkness. But, uh, Why? But, uh, I mean, you, there's a season. He, his team sucks. Dennis Smith is going to be awesome in this league. I mean, he is going to be awesome. But you know you got Dirk and that's it, and then Dennis Smith. Like your your second best player is a rookie. You know what I mean? It just it's just too bad for Dirk. No, you know what? I'm going to play the heel here. I don't think I don't feel sorry for Dirk. He chooses to be in the situation. I mean, bless his heart. He wants to you know ride it out his career as a Mav. They're not going to be that good. But the guy could have easily gone somewhere else. So I mean, he wants to be in that situation. I don't feel sorry for yeah. him. Sacramento, um, who got better, but there were 13, um, so not good enough to, to really do anything. Well, well I mean, they're not going to have Zebo. I, you know, Zach Randolph got caught. You didn't read about that? No. Like, he like how much weed? Sa- Just a little bit of weed? Well, I don't know, but I mean, he he got caught selling it. 
which I don't get. Selling guys it? Mil- yeah. <laughs> Why would you He's have a to millionaire. sell it? Yeah, exactly. Why would you sell it? Uh, you know, but they still have George Hill and um, remember Nate Newton. Uh, that oh, other had spur. a van full of weed. <laughs> uh, well, you know those millionaires need money. <laughs> they need our help. Uh, they got George Hill. Uh, I could on- I could honestly see. Devon getting fired. And, and you know what? I think he should be fired. I, I don't oh, really yeah, push for, for people sure. losing their jobs, but the way he handled Boogie Future and the fact that rate. this is Boy, really man. like a Band-Aid into their problems. I mean, they could they could uh, really improve, but they, it's not like they're going to it, – it's not like they improved uh, through the draft where it's cheap young contracts where you know you can sign a player and then sort of like Golden State, you know, like they, they, they most of them were still on their rookie contracts or you know their first contracts. They weren't paid that much. Uh, but really they're just bringing in random guys. Remember this was like the Lakers, right? That's what we said last season, just bringing a bunch of random guys and trying to see what you have. That's really not going to get it done. So I could see Steve Ock, uh, you know, getting oh, yeah. kicked to the curb. Of course. I could see George Hill being traded. I could honestly see that. Why keep George Hill uh, if you're not really going to go anywhere, get some draft picks, especially with a team that might you know, uh, want his contract? Uh, but I just don't see the Kings. I could see the Kings being worse than the, the next two in, in this list. So that's hard to believe. But um, I, I could say maybe L.A. is better than Sacramento. I mean, they're, they're only predicted to have two two games fewer. They're supposed to win 29 games this year. Uh, but LA, I'm not saying that they're doing something, but you know, they've got some, they're, they're developing something there. We'll see what they get. Uh, and then Phoenix, of course, is the worst team in the West. Uh, uh, I, I don't agree with that. Well, I mean, that, at least that's what Bleacher Report says. So, so what, what's going to make Phoenix win the title this year? Oh, not win the title, obviously, but I mean, well, Josh Jackson is a stud. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, so go all in with your sons. Well, first, I'd like to talk about the Lakers. I don't. I might be the only one to say this in a really extreme minority. I don't think highly of Brandon Ingram. I think he's too lanky, mm-hmm. too slow. He can't really shoot. So I, I think he's going to really uh, negate any of the progress that the Lakers are going to have. I think Lonzo Ball is going to have a bunch of pressure on him. Then the drama that his dad brings, I think the Lakers are going to regret uh, taking him. I th- uh, I I don't think it's going to go that good with the Lakers overall. I can see LeBron wanting to go there, but at the same time, I can see LeBron having him shipped out because LeBron's really not going to take you know this whole um, uh, the ball uh, drama that they have there. So uh, yeah, th- that's my thoughts on on the uh, on the Lakers. The Suns. Uh, I mean. They have they have a Devin Booker, Josh Jackson. They still have uh, Tyson Chandler. When he stays healthy, he can still protect the rim. I can see them at you know I can see the Mavericks falling to the in the league, maybe trading Dirk in that situation, and everybody else getting bumped up. There's no chance the Dirk's traded, so that argument. Has Come on, are, are you telling me that if uh, that if they're having a horrible season, they're the worst team in the league? Mark Cuban just doesn't say, "Hey, I know you're not earning that much. I know we might not get something, you know, a lot back, maybe a you know second round draft pick, but I want you, you know, go and win a ring somewhere before you retire. You don't think that happens? They, they have that conversation. I think they already did that. I mean, they, there was already that going to happen in LA uh, several years ago where the Mavericks sucked and they Cuban approached him with that and Dirk said no. And so at this point in your career, why just, why would he do? I don't, I Dirk would not, would not get traded. Uh, I, I, there's too much like loyalty there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll wait and see. No, but I, I mean, look, 
I mean, that that'd be loyal though. I, I the, the fact that he wants to stay and and Cuban wants to, you know, like sort of say, you know, go and win a ring somewhere. I think that's going to happen, and uh, you know, I, I think Mark Cuban would give him that opportunity. Oh no, I do that, think that would he'd make... give him the opportunity, and Dirk would turn him down. But but think about it this way: if that happens, I mean, it only makes the Mavs look good because you know that they're going to take care of you. The fact that this Dirk took a pay cut, he was going to go through it all, and then you know, Cuban says, you know, you go your own way. You're still going to retire a Mav. Uh, I, I think it'd be a beautiful story, sort of like the notebook. Oh, well, you can't top that. So we'll end there. That's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Go to ProjectSpurs.com. Do it right now. Uh, Jose, thank you, sir. And you listeners, you are welcome. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.